Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast, coming up. One of the worst things we've done in the modern day self-help world is to do this whole like, oh, positive thinking all the time and think positive all the time. And we've labeled emotions as good as bad, as good and bad. So it's great to feel happy, you should feel happy. Oh no, don't feel like sad or don't feel angry. That's really bad. But the truth is, like the moon phases, we have to feel the darkness to feel the fullness and the light. We have to feel the anger and when we suppress emotion of any kind, we suppress all emotion. So we can't just feel like, oh, I won't feel angry. We then suppress joy and happiness and life. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice, and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. So this week's guest is the amazing Kirsty Gallagher. So she is a yoga teacher, a very renowned yoga teacher in London, but her specialist knowledge and her specialist subject is lunar living. So she's very good with understanding about moon cycles, about how this can affect our moods, how it can affect our energy, how it can affect our mind, body and face. She has so much knowledge in terms of how we can look after ourselves better, how we can help our skin to look better and how we can live a little bit more in tune with nature. It's such an interesting podcast. I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy it so much. So let's dive straight in to the episode now. Hi, Kirsty. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So I've got so many questions I want to ask you <laughs> and I thought that we would just dive straight in about your journey and how you became interested in the moon and lunar living. So I spent most of my life working a kind of a corporate job, most of my early life in um, marketing and PR in travel, which was an amazing industry to work in. I suppose I had this feeling that there was something deeper. I'd always been quite into astrology and meditation and chakras and crystals and just different ways of being. And so I quit my job and went to India for nine months to do my yoga teacher training and just experience life out there. And it's traditional on moon days not to practice yoga. I was in Mysore for a lot of the time I was in India. And on a moon day, I started to notice I'm a real people person anyway. I love people and being around people, watching people. I'd noticed that people's energies would visibly start to differ and that a lot of the same issues would be coming up for a lot of the same people or the vibes when everyone was hanging out in cafes would be around the same things. And it just got me really hooked. And in India, when you don't practice yoga on the moon days, it's also traditional to practice what's called Abhyanga, which is kind of an oil body massage. And so you do the oil massage, then you lay and let it soak in for kind of around 20 minutes, half an hour. And so on those Abhyanga massages, I'd kind of lie and just really try and tune into the energies of that particular moon of what did the energies feel like? What was the moon trying to tell us? Was there any messages and guidance? And these moon days for me became such a huge point of transformation of setting the tone for the next few weeks of making like remarkable shifts in my own life that it just became something that I started to talk about more, to lead workshops on when I came back from India. What I love most about it is the amount of people I get who message me when I put my posts up about a particular moon saying, you could have written this for me and this is exactly what I'm feeling. And it just helps us in the world that we live in nowadays, I think, to know that we're not alone. We're all underneath the same moon, all affected by her in exactly the same way. And so for me, it's just a beautiful way of bringing people together and to 
mainly getting back into an alignment of living back in a natural rhythm and flow again instead of this linear life we've created for ourselves. Absolutely. And I think we're so in tune with that as children, interestingly enough, but we lose that somewhere along the way. Were you interested in the moon when you were a child? Absolutely. I mean, most of us, I remember my great, great auntie was very into tea leaves and tarot and all those mystical things. And I remember her buying me a Parker's astrology book for, oh, like my ninth or 10th birthday and me thinking this was the best thing ever. And I also get a lot of messages from people saying, uh, my two-year-old, my three-year-old has been acting this way the last few days. Is this the moon? And I always say, say yes. Like children are so unaffected by life as in they've not learned it. Oh, don't be silly. It can't be the moon. Or what are you talking about? That's just crazy. Um, so animals and children, if you watch them around those times, are so viscerally affected because um, they've not learned yet to try and dismiss it. And I think as a society, we used to be much more in tune with nature and with moon cycles. And then in time, sort of over time, I don't know whether it's technology, modern day living, we sort of became out of touch with that. And Mm -hmm. then now it seems like it's people are tuning back in again. And I know very much you're leading the way in many ways for that and making it quite accessible for people. Um, Do you you think that there's been a a sort of a, a shift recently? Absolutely. I think, as you say, we used to live our lives by the cycles of the moon. You only have to look at the names of the full moons. Every full moon has a different name. So we have like the snow moon and and all these different moons that used to tell us about the seasons we're in because our, our lives, our seasons, the old calendars were all around the lunar cycle. And then I think life got made quite linear and quite man-made and quite, um, you know, everything had to be a certain way in a certain time. And we tried to control things a little bit too much. And I honestly believe the one thing that made me really want to delve into this more was I I did a talk at the Mind Body Spirit Festival a good few years ago now. And I expect a certain demographic of people who will be interested in my work, usually women and, you know, but the amount of men I got coming up to me after that talk and saying, like, wow, I've never thought about that. But that's so true. I really believe now that we're looking for a different way to live. We're looking for meaning in life again. I think life has lost a lot of its meaning for many people. And we're looking for something to believe in, something that gives reason again, something that gives rhythm, something that gives flow, something that gives us permission to be able to feel again and to align back with nature. Definitely. And aligning with nature is such an important concept. So easy to lose touch with that but actually tuning back into nature seeing the beauty of nature seeing the patterns of nature and seeing the the regularities and the irregularities of nature as well all of that can really allow us to I guess understand ourselves more and and understand that we are actually part of that too we're not separate to that it's not nature and then us as human beings we are all part of the same thing Exactly, exactly. And I I say that quite often in sort of talks and workshops and things that we as humans believe that we're separate to nature. We believe we can control it. We believe we can like grow fruit in the winter and do all these things that are out of alignment. But I think eventually when we move so far away from it that we just then become in this kind of concrete jungle world, that then we start to crave this reconnection. We realize that life then becomes quite empty when we're not in alignment the same energy that allows trees to lose their leaves and allows blossoms to push through the earth come the spring, exactly the same energy that moves to us as humans, that grows our fingernails and grows our hair. And and yeah, I think so much magic is lost when we believe we're separate. I agree completely. And if someone listening to this is saying, you know, yes, I completely want to be more in touch with nature. I want to live a little bit more in tune with what's happening with the moon, uh, move a little bit more towards that lunar living. Mm. What would your advice be to get started on that? I think, first of all, just connect to the new and the full moons. You can start, I mean, there's eight phases the moon moves through. And so if you get really super into this, you can work with every single phase. Mm -hmm. But I think that we are still all busy. We've got demands on us. We've got lives. We've got families. We've got jobs. And so what we need to be doing now is adding... Again, it's a term I use a lot, but we've got so much routine in life, but we've got very little ritual. And so it's about starting to create again a ritual where you get to tune back in. So just full a new moon twice a month, even just half an hour on each of those days 
to reconnect with where am I right now? What's going on for me? Am I moving in the direction I want to move? Since the last new moon when I decided what I wanted, have I done anything towards that? Have I moved further away from that? Is what I'm doing in my daily life aligning me towards my visions and my goals? And just those little check-ins. How many of us make New Year's resolutions to have by even this time in a year, be like, oh gosh, I've not done any. By May, we can't remember what they are. And more so than ever now, I hear people as we get towards the end of the year being like, I don't know where the year's gone. Mm. Because we've had no markers, we've had nothing that anchors us back, that makes us accountable, that keeps us working towards something bigger. Absolutely. And as women, we actually do have our very own moon cycle. We, um, we have our menstrual cycle, which in a lot of ways, again, we've sort of lost touch from, you know, we, we've just accept that every month we bleed and when we're bleeding, we're bleeding and when we're not, we're not. But yes. each day of that cycle is quite significant in its own way. And I think very few of us, however in tune we are with our bodies, however much we try and honour our natural flow, can be sort of disconnected from that in a lot of ways. How would you say that we can tune back into that cycle as a woman, as a female, and how can we honour that a little bit more? First and foremost, I think if you've not got a natural connection to your cycle, which sadly has happened to many women, as you say, first of all, tuning back into a lunar cycle can sometimes feel a little bit more comfortable. Traditionally, women would all bleed together on the new moon. And so there would be what was known as the red tent where women would gather together in that dark moon phase and also the lowest energy point of our cycle where we're at our most intuitive, our intuitive senses are heightened, our ability to really feel and to know what we want and to vision things are at their absolute peak and then many women then would ovulate with the full moon and that was the the kind of the natural cycle that life flowed in and so once you get used to that sense of the dark moon phase of the month I think what lunar living gives us most of all is a permission to be able to rest and again with our cycle if we can take that little bit of time around the kind of the first day of our bleed or the days running up to it and or around a new moon, what many women start to find is as we begin to work with lunar cycles more, we'll naturally tend to begin to align ourselves with the lunar cycle. That's not to say that if you don't bleed with a new moon, it's, it's a wrong thing. It just means that the energies are trying to tell you something a little bit different. There's a different way to work with your cycle and the, the lunar cycle. But if you can just give yourself permission on a dark new moon, on the first day of your bleed, to just pause, to check in, to listen in to what your emotions are trying to signpost you to, to give yourself that little pause to self-care, to be in that pause space. That's what sets the tone for the entire rest of the month ahead. And again, like, I, I think aside from amenorrhoeosis and all like real problems i think a lot of even pmt symptoms of our bodies just calling us our souls calling us to be like stop and listen please just stop and listen like take a little bit of rest that's when we get to tune into those intuitive intuitive signposts that show us where we need to be heading in life lunar living just gives us permission to pause and that might be that you can't ask your boss for a day off work and you can't take an entire evening off but for one hour you can lock yourself away in a room and just dedicate that one hour to you and to realigning with your heart with your soul with with nature with the way your life is headed and that's so interesting how you said traditionally women would all bleed around the same time but actually in modern day that doesn't happen everyone seems to bleed at different times why do you think there's been that transition i think first of all again losing touch with a natural cycle that at one point we were literally so tuned in that we'd be able to see the moon in the sky we'd follow her phases and her patterns and so it was just something we were so much more connected to I think many women nowadays, and again, there's no right or wrong in any of this, but many women don't necessarily adhere to the the kind of the 27, 29 day cycle. We have 21 days, 34 days. It it swaps and changes. And again, I feel that it's just because we are uh, we're out of alignment of that natural state of flow. It, again, it's always a shocking thing for women when when women live together or go on holiday together, and you find that one woman is a few days early, one woman's a few days late, and we still. Yeah. 
amazed by the fact that we're like, wow, all of us together. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that is the pure magic of women coming together, the power of women coming together, that immediately the innate intelligence of our bodies and nature in the universe just sinks us and brings us all together in something that's a really shared experience. And I've got a few girlfriends that I'm on track with now that we, we all bleed on the same days. And again, it's such a really beautiful shared experience of us all getting the lower energy around the same few days and need to withdraw and be quiet around the same few days maybe emotions coming up that we can hold space for each other to talk through and to share and to really be in that moment together because far from being an inconvenience it's such a precious time to really tune in absolutely and in terms of the full moon i mean even for somebody that perhaps isn't tuned into moon cycles a lot of people are really aware of the full moon and the impact that can actually have on their day or on their week even so many times i say oh it's because of the full moon you know when (laughs) crazy things happen or you feel really emotional or um even the january full moon so the first full moon of the decade so many things were happening like crazy things all at once and I just kept saying it's the moon I'm blaming the moon do you think there's something in that that full moon day is is a day when things there's there's a stronger pull than usual 100% I mean we only have to look at the arresting sight of a full moon in the sky. We only have to look at how many movies use a full moon in the sky for real impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to put this again into kind of layman's terms to people who are hearing things like this for the first time, the flow of the moon, the dark moon time, the lowest energy point of the cycle, so where the moon is lo- no longer in the sky, that energy draws our energy inwards. So we then go into this watery world of our emotions and we get to be very inward focused with our emotions. A full moon, when the, with the peak of the energy pulling upwards, a full moon pulls our energy to the surface. So everything's out there, laid bare on the surface, all of our kind of anger and things that have happened to us and everything is just there at a full moon right beneath the surface waiting to come out and that's where the word lunacy comes from you know lunacy's got its roots in lunar because back in the ancient times they really used to believe that people went crazy around a full moon and I talk to a lot of people I do a lot of corporate workshops and I always manage to sneak the moon in there because I talk to a lot of people in corporate environments especially retail environments that even just having the knowledge that around a full moon is coming and therefore people are more likely to shout at you or disagree with you or be short with you helps you to not take it personally and not be like oh my gosh it's an awful day everyone's been mean to me um, I tell this story quite a lot but I was in central London um, beginning of last year and two cars had met in the middle of the road and neither one of them would reverse it was a full moon day and there's a huge queue behind each one of the cars and everyone is standing out of their cars blasting their horns shouting at each other you move back you move back it was just such a full moon moment and it really made me stop and think if only these people knew it was a full moon and one of them realizing they were acting out of this full moon kind of rage moment just took a moment to take a deep breath and to reverse and to not act out on things the world would just be such a different place um so yeah having that even knowledge and even if we say tongue-in-cheek and joke about oh it's a full moon it still again helps us to realize that, wow, we are actually all in this together. It's affecting people even when they don't realize. Going back to what I was saying earlier about children being in tune with it, my daughter last night was looking at the moon and my husband's got an app on his phone that you can hold up to the sky and you can see the stars and you can see which ones are the planets and where they are. So she was really in tune with that. And then she was explaining to me, mummy, if you're in Australia, then this is the part of the moon you can see at the moment. And it's almost like she had that wisdom within it it's almost like we've got that in our souls you know no one's taught us it but we just I mean she obviously knows that Australia as day when we're night and and vice versa but it's like we do have that connection to the moon already deep in our souls and we dull it down we dull it down as as time goes on and the same with the connection to the stars really and in terms of astrology so a lot of people know about their star signs how is that connected to the moon and how being aware of what star sign you are how can that help you with with lunar living and living more in tune with yourself and with nature we all know our star signs. They're the, the signs that are in the paper. They're the sign that you were born under in, in, in the 
the sun moves into each one of the 12 astrological signs and stays there for around a month. So we're normally all aware of that. We also have a moon sign and the moon sign is the sign that the moon was in when you were born. The moon sign is a little bit more difficult to find because whereas the sun stays in the astrological signs for a month, the moon moves through every single one of the signs every two and a half days. She's quite fast moving. So unless you know the exact time you were born, your moon sign is a little bit more challenging to find. And then we also have what's known as our rising sign, which, which is whichever planet was rising over the east at the time we were born. If the, the moon falls in, so every single new moon will be in the same sign as the sun is currently in, because on a new moon, the sun, the moon, and the earth are all lined up in the sky. So if you imagine the sky like a big piece of pizza sliced into 12, the sun and the moon are going to be in the same slice of pizza, so they'll always be in the same sign. On a full moon, the moon is on the opposite side of the earth to the sun, so we'll always fall in the opposite sign to the current sun sign that we're in. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So that's how the moons are going to fall. If the moon falls in either your star sign or your moon sign and your rising sign, if you know them, you're always going to feel the effects of that current moon even more. Now, every single sign, every so therefore every single moon brings with it a different mix of lessons and challenges and life areas that are put under the moonlight and things that we should be thinking about. If the moon falls in a sign of something you're already working on and you've already been actively working with in your life, you'll feel the energies of the moon as way more of like a cheerleader force of you'll, you'll feel amplified and ready to move and ready to take things on. If it's bringing into the moonlight a life area that you've been avoiding, certain things that you've no need to change but you've felt resistance to, you're going to feel kind of the opposite end of the moon where you're going to feel a lot more emotional, a lot more stretched and so that's why sometimes everyone around you will be like, oh, this moon, oh my gosh, I feel so emotional. And you'll be like, wow, I feel great. So it depends on the life area coming into focus. If the moon is in one of your signs, so either your sun, your moon, your rising sign, it's like the moon becomes your greatest cheerleader because normally the lessons of that particular sign are things that we need to learn in this lifetime. That's why we've been born under that particular sign to be given this little list of lessons and challenges we need to work with. And so the moon is like, come on, I really need you to learn this. I really need you to delve into this area of your life because this is where things are out of alignment. I really need you to listen to what I've got to tell you right now. And so you're going to feel the effects much more strongly as this moon champions you to try to really learn the essence of what that particular moon is all about and if someone wants to really learn about their personal star sign and their personal sort of rising moons and also how they can be more in tune with the moon overall how would you recommend they start that what steps can they take is there somewhere they can go to read the information on it i know you've just launched a book actually haven't you maybe you could tell us a bit about that so I just want to take a brief pause in this episode to tell you a little bit about my apps. So I have five apps. I want to talk to you a little bit about how these work and how they can help you as well. So I have two face yoga apps. One of them is 10 Minute Natural Facelift and the other one is Face Yoga for Your Busy Life. And sometimes you'll find this listed on your app store as Face Yoga 1 and Face Yoga 2. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about both of those. So Face Yoga 1 or 10 Minute Natural Facelift is all about really working separate parts of the face in just 10 minutes. So you have a track on the app which is 10 minutes working the upper face and they're all techniques which are designed to lift and firm and smooth the face in that upper part. Then there's a track which is 10 minutes for the lower face. So again, it's about strengthening and toning the muscles under the skin and combining massage with that too. You have a lovely track which is called Warm Up, but this can be used at any point during your face yoga workout or any point during the day. And this is all massage techniques. They're really designed to boost the circulation in the skin, help to increase the collagen and elastin production, help to detoxify and help to improve lymphatic drainage. You have 10 minutes on this app, which is focused on acupressure, affirmations and some nice releases for the shoulder and the neck as well. 
Now there's three bonus tracks on this app. So you have a lovely bonus track, which is focused on body yoga, which really benefits the face. And it's wonderful where it's filmed as well. So you'll see it on top of a really nice building in London in the beautiful spring sunshine overlooking the most amazing view. So it's such a nice app. You've also got a really excellent interview with a skincare expert, which explains how to make your own skincare at home using really simple natural ingredients, which you'll find in your kitchen. And there's also a track on this app, which is how to make juices and smoothies really easily at home, which are going to benefit your skin. So this is Face Yoga 1 or 10 Minute Natural Facelift, and it's available on DVD as well. The second face yoga app, which I've got, which you can just download by searching Danielle Collins on your app store, is face yoga for your busy life, sometimes called face yoga 2 on your app store. Now, this is perfect if you want to do a structured face yoga program, but you really want to integrate it into your day. So you have 15 face yoga tracks on this app and they're all between one and a half and three and a half minutes each. And on each track, I recommend where you can do these little mini workouts. So for example, when you wake up in the morning, when you're in bed just before you go to sleep, when you're in the shower, when you're sitting in front of the TV and you're just relaxing on your sofa, just before you put your makeup on, just before you go out to a party whilst you're in your car. So there's loads of really good examples of when you can actually integrate face yoga into your day-to-day life. If you just want to do it as one full workout, so it takes about 30 minutes, you can sit down and enjoy it in that way. So it doesn't need to be done at these certain points in the day. It's entirely up to you how you use it. And this app is also filmed in a beautiful location. It's filmed in Greece on the beach. So you see the sea, the sunshine, the sand. So you really can immerse yourself in that relaxing experience as well. And this app has two bonus tracks. You have a meditation session, which is all focused on helping you to look and feel the best you can. And if you're a regular to my podcast or you follow me on social media, you know that I believe that real beauty comes from the inside out. And that means working on our mindset. So this meditation is really going to help to complement all the hard work you're doing with your face yoga. And there's also a lovely body yoga section. Again, it's filmed with the beautiful sunset in Greece. You'll see the sea. It's like a beautiful silvery colour as you're doing this body yoga workout. And all these body yoga poses are beneficial for the face. And then I have three other apps, which you can search Danielle Collins on your app store for as well. So there's a body yoga app, a well-being yoga app, and there's also a mama yoga app. So the body yoga app is six 10 minute sections, all focused on yoga and Pilates for toning and strengthening different parts of the body. So for example, there's 10 minutes on the bottom area, 10 minutes on the tummy area, 10 minutes on the arm area, and so on. And this also has some great bonus tracks. The Wellbeing Yoga app, which is also called 10 Minute Natural Mood Lift, and again, it's available on DVD, is probably one of my favourite apps. And the reason being is these were all techniques I used when I was very ill with ME 17, 18 years ago. I used all of these techniques to heal myself. So it really leads you through gentle techniques, gentle yoga, meditation, affirmations, positive thinking, and the focus is all on increasing increasing the energy and enhancing the well-being. And the final app on the App Store, which is more recently made, is my Mama Yoga app. So this is perfect if you're pregnant and you want to do some safe and beneficial meditation, yoga and exercise. It also leads you through some hypnobirthing, which you can use during your labour. And then it shows you how to do yoga techniques safely straight after you've given birth and then following on after that six week checkup. And one of the most fun parts about this app is how to do massage with your baby and how to do some children's yoga with your toddler or preschooler. And you'll get to see my lovely Lucia and Lilia on this app. 
So that's it. That's all of my apps. Five apps. Just search Danielle Collins on your app store and four of these apps. So all of them apart from the Mama Yoga app are available as DVD. So let's get back to this episode now. So Luna Living is going to be out on the 2nd of April and Luna Living just gives a really beautiful overview. What One of my real passions in life is to make this ancient wisdom really accessible to modern day living. And so I want anyone and everyone to be able to understand without making it too woo or too complicated. When you start to work a lot more with kind of lunar living, you can get so deep into it, as I mentioned earlier. You can work with every phase of the moon. You can check which one of your houses the moon is in. You can check all these different things. But many of us are just, I want to know if it's full or new and why I feel the way that I feel. And so lunar living is just going to take you through in a really kind of beautiful, simple way what the eight phases are, how to work with them, what it means when it's a new moon in Aquarius and how you can work with the particular energies of that moon, um, ways you can hold little moon rituals for yourself, little journal prompts you can use for every moon and every phase. So just a really beautiful way to get people into just living, even if it's just once a month and you pick one moon phase to work with. It will transform your life. I, I feel that so passionately. That's so exciting. Can we pre-order the book? So I feel like I need this book in my life. <laughs> it's just one to pre-order now. So yeah, it's 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 available Amazing. now, and it'll go through each moon and each phase, and and yeah. So I'm just I'm so excited to share it. I really, really am to just bring this. I, I, I say it a lot, but this ancient wisdom back mm. to modern day living because it, what is what brings the magic back to life for us. It, it truly makes life magical when you start to live back in this alignment. Absolutely. And lots of people listening to this podcast, obviously being the Face Yoga Expert podcast, are really interested in the skin and natural holistic ways to help their face. How can being more in tune with the moon or even more in tune with nature help us with our skin, do you think? I mean, the first and foremost thing that comes to me is self-care because, Mm -hmm. you know, to even take time. I mean, how often do many of us in that rush of day-to-day life will just like throw a bit of face cream on as we run out of the door and we're never really... Doing the Abhyanga massage in India was such a powerful experience for me of how you literally take time to rub that oil into every joint of your body and taking care and the amount of love I felt for myself and for my body during that time was so beautiful of just that slowing down twice a month to take time to care for me, to honor me. And so I think one of the main pieces of advice I give to everyone starting the lunar journey is first of all, just start to honor that kind of dark moon time. So the dark moon is the last few days of the waning moon when the moon's not quite full, but you can barely see her in the sky. This is the lowest energy point of the cycle. And so if you can almost plan ahead and look in, most diaries have got the moon dates in them now, or check any of my socials, check an online calendar, it will tell you. Mark yourself in your diary that once a month to go for a facial, to put on a face mask and lay and to just tune into what does this moon feel like? Like, I'm not sure I believe it, but I remember I listened to that podcast and that girl said that the moon might affect me. How do I feel right now? Do I feel like I'm going in the direction I want to go? Do an Abhyanga massage, get beautiful oil, rub it into your skin and thank your body, thank yourself, feel that essence of self-love that comes from just caring for yourself. It's mind-blowing how just slowing down and we ask so many people all day, like the first thing you and I said to each other is, hey, how are you? How are you? We so rarely stop to say to ourselves, put a hand over our heart and say, how are you? how are you so that dark moon time of slowing down and caring for your skin like the biggest organ in the body mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to do that for yourself and again as you'll know just taking care of your a mask once a month will make the biggest difference to your skin and how you glow then the rest of the month as well that slowing down and tuning in there's that beautiful Roald Dahl quote, isn't there, about the sunbeams from your face when you're happy, about how when you Absolutely. feel happy. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that yeah. because I have that printed out and it's right in front of me, actually. It's my favourite quote. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's, if you have good thoughts, they'll shine out of your face like sunbeams and you will always look lovely. And I actually have that printed out <laughs> A4 um, in a lovely big frame because, yeah, beautiful. it is one of my favourite quotes and very much the philosophy behind the face yoga that I share as well. You know, you can... 
you can do all the facial massage and exercise and all of that and all of that does help you to feel good but really what it comes down to is the self-care and what's going on in your mind and how you're looking after yourself holistically and sort of just linking to that really I know you do a lot of corporate work you mentioned that earlier and I was listening to you on Chloe Brotheridge's podcast which was such a lovely interview that that you and her had and you were talking a lot about when you work with lawyers for example when you go in you do their yoga classes at lunchtime for them how they hold so much stress in their face and actually how during yoga you can actually see how they're releasing that stress from their face Mm. and from their shoulders can you tell us a little bit more about that Absolutely. I mean, I, I think to, to your point you've just made then about how even doing all the massages and things in the world, it, it's about the amount of tension we hold in our faces. And I think to link all this together so beautifully, we don't realize the amount of tension that we're carrying in our jaws. Most of us don't realize that little thinking line we have in our forehead between our eyebrows from our kind of forehead being squeezed together as we as we think and we stay in our heads. Most people hold chronic tension in their neck and their shoulders, but we've come so disconnected from our bodies that we don't realize it's there. We, we don't know until we stop and feel it. And so again, to link that back to even the moon cycle of coming into and feeling your face and being like, whoa, my forehead right now. And then practicing some of the beautiful things I know you offer people to just start to feel that tension melt away. And it's the same in the in the law firm, in the classes I do. It's just that reminder throughout the class to let go of that little line in your forehead. And you see people go like, oh, I didn't even know that was there until you mentioned it. Let go of that tension in your jaw. Hands, we squeeze, we grip so hard with our hands a lot of the time. And it's just so beautiful to see people from when they, and the law firms are so funny. The class starts at, say, one o'clock. They'll all come in at two minutes past because they'll be at their desk. <laughs> they'll fill to the very last minute. And then they run in and they throw the mats down and they lie down and they're all like, oh. <laughs> and then by the end, just that 45 minutes to an hour of just allowing that that coming back into your body, back into your breath, back into a rhythm, back into a flow, coming out of the mind and into the feeling sense. And I have to remind them quite often as well to not think about what you're feeling, to feel what you're really feeling. Does that feel good in your body right now? Can you feel that tension around your jaw and with a deep breath, can you start to feel it lessen a little bit? And it's just about making them realize how much we carry on or carry around with us and hold on to without even knowing it's there until someone says, even now I was talking about it, I can feel my shoulders softening away from my ears as I remind myself now to start to just let, like, let go of some of that tension. Like I don't need it right now. It's so powerful, actually, when people just come and they turn up to the class. You know, I always say that's the first step. You know, however busy those people are in the corporate firms that you go to in London, the fact that they're actually there, maybe it's a couple of minutes late, but they're there, they've rolled their mat out and they're prepared to give their body and their mind a little bit of time. And that alone is something that they should be so proud of themselves for doing, really. It is just actually turning up that's the first step. Because it would be so easy for them to say, oh, I'm not going to go today. Oh, I'll miss today. And I know from working in corporate that when you get into that spiral, that busy spiral where your shoulders up around your ears, your neck is clenched, your jaws clenched, your forehead's clenched, just starting to feel that familiar headache coming from everything, just feeling clenched up. You will run around with that same piece of paper trying to solve that same problem for three hours if you step away for just 45 minutes, you will go back with more clarity, a totally different perspective. Answers cannot come to us when we're in the midst of drama. They just can't. We, we can't find an answer, a solution when we're in that tailspin, when we're in fight or flight, when we're, we're running around. The only time we're going to find those answers and clarity is in stillness. It's in silence. And that's very difficult for many people to get their heads around, especially very kind of busy billing out there doing people because they're like well what do you mean 45 minutes for lying on a yoga mat is going to help me to get more than anything else like the doing is going to do more but the doing just creates more doing and more drama and more tension and the uh, the one law firm I teach I go there four times a week now and they've said that they even feel like they bill more on yoga days because just that stepping away and getting that different perspective the clarity even deep breaths if you can push away from your desk and take five deep breaths huge powerful 
absolutely <laughs> breathing is so important and i feel that there's there's also a, a bravery that comes with allowing yourself to take some time to to do yes. yoga and mindfulness and to tune in because that it does take bravery for anybody because as soon as you ask yourself the question how am i feeling today what's going on today what's my breath doing today how's my body feeling today sometimes the answers that come up aren't always the nicest mm -hmm. and they aren't really things that we always want to hear so they definitely does take a bravery particularly for someone that is going through a lot of stress um has a lot of pressure on them do you find that as well that it does take that that sense of bravery I, I could not have said it better you are so absolutely right because most of the time we can try and convince ourselves. I mean, I read something the other day that said that the biggest universal lie ever told is I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And we do it all day. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. The body doesn't lie. You'll know that even through kind of the face of the body doesn't lie. So as we get under tension, as I do a lot of even talks in a lot of big companies I go and do kind of wellness programs about the effects of sitting down all day and that disconnect that happens and how the same muscles then go into chronic stress patterns where the brain tells the muscle it's stressed, the muscle tells the brain it's stressed and we get caught in this stress loop. But we can run around all day in our mind going, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'll think about it later like it's fine, everything's fine. But as you say, as soon as you lie down and close your eyes, everything's there. It's right there in front of you. And the breath is one of the most beautiful tools we have to show us where we currently are emotionally, that we tend to find, <laughs> we only have to think about even fight or flight response, how the breath is speeding up and the breath is short and we're breathing quickly. When we have to start to slow down and get into that breath and get more inward and get more quiet, or, or even being confronted with the fact we try to breathe and we can't, we're like, well, I can't take a full breath because I'm under so much stress and pressure. The, the breath has got no room. It can be really confronting and I, I find in a lot of corporate environments they're teaching in the beginning stages till they get used to it, I keep shavasana, the relaxation at the end of yoga, even a little bit more to a minimum because you can see people, they'd rather crawl out of their own skin mm -hmm. than lie still for 10 minutes and just breathe. But with time and patience, because as you say, it's, it's confronting to see what's beneath the surface. We, we're, we're so skilled running and avoiding but that's where the beauty comes because once we can allow those little pockets of tension to bubble to the surface we we sit with them we allow them I, I think I don't know what words she's one of the one of the worst things we've done in the modern day self-help world is to do this whole like oh positive thinking all the time and think positive all the time and we've labeled emotions as good as bad as good and bad so it's great to feel happy you should feel happy oh no don't feel like sad or don't feel angry that's really bad but the truth is, like the moon phases, we have to feel the darkness to feel the fullness and the light. We have to feel the anger. And when we suppress emotion of any kind, we suppress all emotion. So we can't just be like, oh, I won't feel angry. We then suppress joy and happiness and life and a feeling of connection. And so we have to feel emotion, but treat it all as the same. Oh, I feel angry. Okay, let me just, hi, anger. What do you need to tell me? It might be it might be historical anger from 10 years ago. It might be something that just happened. But when we sit with it, when we just invite it in, when we feel it and then just allow it to pass on through, it's the same then as every emotion. And we learn from that. And we get to know ourselves like never before. And it can be quite freeing to start to allow Absolutely. some emotions to come up. You know, when we ask ourselves how are we really feeling and quite surprising things might come up you know it might be something like sad or lonely or stressed or overwhelmed any of these sort of words and sometimes just the acknowledgement of that in itself can be enough to let it go it's almost like putting it out there it's not always having to to put in lots of work and work really hard to get rid of it sometimes it can just be acknowledging it accepting with it sitting with it for a bit and then it might just go in its own time and it might not go, but that having that acceptance of it as well. Yes. And that's why moon phases, that's why working with the moon is so powerful because twice a month, the moon is going to pull on your emotions. The moon is going to highlight for you emotionally where you are. And what you find with a lot of times when people start working with the moon or when they first stumble across my page, they're like, what's wrong with me? I feel like this, it, there's nothing wrong with you. Like there's nothing wrong, but it's just that you've been running from yourself for so long that now you're, you're feeling the feels, so to speak. 
and you're exactly right. I spent a lot of time over Christmas away with family. It was all beautiful. I had a wonderful time. But for that two weeks, I was here, there, everywhere. And the first time I sat back with my heart again around that full moon in January, and I, I tuned in, my heart was like, I'm lonely. As in, like, where have you been? Like, where have you been? And it was so like that moment was so tender and so sad, yet so powerful to think, gosh, where have I been? You know, I'm, I'm back. Here I am. Let's tune in. So, yeah, it's so powerful. And if you were to give somebody sort of three of your top self-care tips, just easy, accessible things, maybe things that are rooted in some ancient wisdom, what would they be? Oh, that's a really powerful question. I would say to tune into your emotions, even if that is just once a month. So pick the new or the full moon, but really feel into what you're feeling how am I feeling today? And and keep going beneath the surface because exactly as you've described so beautifully, what will happen first of all is the little, the bubbling up that normally comes first is the emotions that we most try to hide from. So then as soon as we start to feel that little bit of anger or frustration or loneliness, then we want to swallow it back down and keep moving, but just sit with that, let it all bubble. Your emotions are your signpost to what is out of alignment in your life. And so the whole time we ignore that, it's impossible then to find a clear direction that we want to move in. And unless we have a clear direction of our own, other people's opinions, society's opinions, they will dictate the way our life goes until we wake up one morning and be like, hang on, how how did I get here? Like, where am I? You've moved so far away from yourself. So feel what you feel, kind of come back home to yourself. And then I think time alone equally hand in hand is is so important with that, that to be able to learn to spend time alone in silence, even if that's just two minutes a day, to place a hand over your heart and check in with how, how am I today? And then from that, I think one of the most important things I've particularly worked on this last year is, is boundaries in setting then, being able to create healthy boundaries around yourself, being able to say, no. So again, around a dark moon time, being able to say no to social engagements and not feel like, you know, if you if you are the people pleaser personality or no one's ever going to invite me again and they're not going to like me for saying no, but learning to be able to honor a yes and honor a no and really put those boundaries in place to look after yourself. And that comes from the more self-care you do, the more tuning into yourself you do, the more clear you get on where you are it becomes so much easier then to want to look after yourself. I want to do a little bit of a quick fire round of some questions all about your favourite things. Are you ready for them? Ready. Okay, so your favourite colour? Purple. Your favourite crystal? Oh! oh. <laughs> I, I, my living room is filled with them. I can hear all of them now being like, pick me, pick me, pick me. Oh, this is really, I'm going to go rose quartz. Lovely. Your favourite animal? dogs your favorite star sign oh i want to say leo because i am a leo but my rising sign is scorpio and i love like the darkness and mystery that scorpio brings so those two combined (laughs) you're allowed to that's fine (laughs) your favorite memory Oh, I have so many beautiful memories, actually, speaking of my great, great auntie, of her introduction into this whole world of all this kind of woo-woo, mystical, spiritual. So some of them have been a, a child sitting on the floor at her feet, having her like read my tea leaves and introduce me to all this kind of thing. So, yeah. Oh, and I hope some way that she's able to to see or be looking down on you in some way at what you're doing. It'd be amazing if she was able I to see that. that. When I announced the book the other day, I was like, she's somewhere like clapping yeah, her hands yeah. up there being like, you did this, you did it. Oh, thank For you. Sure. And your favourite bit of advice? I think you, you'll probably have heard me say this on Chloe's and it's the one piece of advice I give to everyone. Be careful who you listen to. And I I really learned that the hard way. So be careful who you take advice from. And by that, I mean that you don't want to take relationship advice from your perpetually single friends. You don't want to take financial advice from someone who is going through the middle of bankruptcy. And everybody's going to have brilliant advice to give you based on their experiences of what you're going through. So if someone's experienced something similar, they'll tell you advice based on how they experienced it. And honestly, the more you tune in and listen to yourself, the less you need advice from other people. Support, yes, I have amazing support, but advice, not so much because I know, I know deep down, sometimes I need people to validate my knowing and just say, yeah, Kirst, you've got this right. 
But nine times out of ten, I know. I know when I'm lying to myself. I know what I should be doing. I sometimes don't want to. But my favorite piece of advice is to take your own advice and just be careful who you listen to. You've got this infinite well of wisdom inside you that knows. And we need to hear on that. We need to tune in enough to listen. We need to learn that we are the authority in our own lives. We know best. We really do. We really do. And your favorite drink? Oh, <laughs> interesting. I want to be really boring and be like water. I haven't Water's touched alcohol for like 15 years. Same, so actually. But, do you know what water or if I'm on holiday in a warm environment anyone a good friend of mine I know my like little guilty pleasure is Sprite Sprite nice. on a hot day in the sunshine with loads of ice in it <laughs> that's great your favorite food oh chocolate yeah sure. <laughs> your favorite yoga pose I'm a real lover of child's pose actually for so many different reasons yeah. so I'm going child's pose today that would be my favorite too for sure yeah. um your favorite thing to do on a day off have no plans. I think, again, we live our life so structured and I love nothing more than to wake up in the morning and go, okay, now what? And just be led. So I love taking an adventure. What's the first bus that comes along? Let's get on it. What's the first tube that arrives in? Let's get on it. And just let yourself be guided on that little adventure that, again, helps you to tune in to the fact that we're always being guided and we're always going in the right direction. Definitely. And your favourite happy place? Uh, honestly in meditation in the quiet in the stillness inside me um if it's a real happy place ibiza is my like spiritual home mm-hmm. amazing and finally your top tip for inner peace to spend time with yourself daily to just get to know the you that resides in the stillness and in the peace the the part of you that knows one of the most important things we need to learn is that we do always know the answer, but sometimes we're not ready to take the action. And so quite often we know that we need to leave the job. We know that we need to leave the relationship, but there's such power in being honest about that. Whereas when we try to run from that, we become powerless in our own lives. Whereas even if we can sit and go, I know this relationship isn't working for me right now, but I'm too scared to leave right now. That's okay. Take a little bit more time, but just be really honest with yourself. And that comes from beginning to trust in yourself and that little inner voice of peace and wisdom and clarity, which can often be helped by living back in alignment with something like a lunar cycle or nature that helps us to see that we're all part of this great power of nature. That's so cool. Thank you. And Kirsty, if people want to keep in touch with you or find out more about what you do, how can they do that? Please do. Um, Kirsty Gallagher on Instagram, Facebook. Um, it's got this funny little hashes between the names. But if you just put in Kirsty Gallagher or Kirsty Gallagher Lunar Living, it will come up. My website's kirstygallagher.com. So Kirsty Gallagher pretty much anywhere should get you to me. That's amazing. You've been such a great guest. Thank you so much, Kirsty, for being on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.